0: Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five day per week wisdom and legacy building podcast. This is day 650 of our trek, and it is time for our third installment in a special series of stories that will chronicle my recent accident and recovery as we trek life lessons learned the hard way. This accident is a major life event that will change my life for several months to come. In fact, I would say that it will certainly impact me for the remainder of my life. It is my hope and prayer that as I share, that it will also possibly impact your life as well. I have often said that we must accept and live life as it truly is, not what we wish it to be. We do not always understand what will become of the life's uphill climbs and treacherous downhill slopes that we do encounter on life's trek. The key is to learn from these events and allow them to effectively become part of our living legacy, which will positively impact our lives and the lives of those that we impact. So for the next couple of Wisdom Nugget episodes, we will look at life's lessons learned the hard way. And today is the surgery. First of all, for my faithful readers and regular listeners to the Wisdom Truck podcast and journal, I do want to apologize that I'm still delayed a couple episodes from this past week and we will get caught up on those days and get back on schedule as soon as feasible. If you'd like to catch the first episode in this series, please go to wisdom-track.com forward slash day 645. As I ended day 647 in the last episode, which was my story of the emergency room, with surgery scheduled for the next day. After a fitful night of sleep for both Paula and I, with my broken femur bone in my left leg, I could not really move in my bed easily. The nursing staff were in every hour to check my vitals, monitor my pain, and then draw blood early in the morning for labs. We also had a roommate move in about 2 a.m., so between all of that, sleep was really minimal. Poor Paula tried to get comfortable in their reclining chair in the room, but that was difficult at best. The hospital did provide a very good omelet breakfast the next morning, and we finished up a pre-surgery sponge bath before the family arrived that morning. Everyone was in good spirits and confident that there should not be any issues that would arise during the surgery. At about 11.15 a.m., they came and got me and prepped me for surgery. There were two nurse technicians that took me to the OR room and connected me up with all the equipment needed for surgery. The admitting doctor stopped by and to make sure that I had no questions, then the surgeon popped in to check on me and then they let my family into the room for a few minutes. We chatted and I said it would be great to get a good nice long nap. Everything seemed to be running efficiently and before too long the anesthesiologist walked in and said it was time to begin. I kissed Paula goodbye and, and said goodbyes to the remainder of my family members as they headed to the waiting room. They brought in the sleepy medicine and put it in my IV, and then they wheeled me off to the operating room about 11:45. Within about 20 feet of the hallway, I was out like a burnout light bulb. The next recollection I had was waking up in the same room, and as I looked at the clock that was to the right of me, it said 12:20, and I thought to myself, "Wow, that was quick." And the next thought I had was, "Well, so much for my long nap." Within a few minutes of waking up, they wheeled me back to the hospital room where my family was waiting. The first thing I asked was if the surgery was really that quick. They assured me that at most it was only 20 minutes long. During the surgery at Marietta Memorial, they have a display board displaying the four steps during the surgery process, and as each step is reached, the symbol is lit up on the board. It reminded them of the online ordering process from Domino's Pizza, where you can track the process and know where your pizza order is throughout the process. The surgery was just about as fast as ordering a pizza. The first thought that came to my mind was, did they really take enough time to repair my fractured femur properly? I hope they did not rush through it. I think the family was feeling the same way, but they just did not mention it, at least not to me. As we talked about their surgery, they said that the surgeon came out to the waiting room afterwards and talked with the family. At first he joked a little about not being able to run for a while. But then he became serious and shared that it indeed was a serious fracture and that if I had fallen in any other manner that I could have easily died. Paula said that he repeated this phrase three times and that is all she remembers from the short talk as her mind started to dwell on the phrases and she realized that she could have been a widow that day. Little did the family know at the time that there was another incident during surgery that also attributed to the surgeon's statements. As the surgeon was sharing, he did express that although I was 60, that I was physically fit as a 30-year-old and that would go a long way for a quick and complete recovery. Now, During pre-op, everyone seemed concerned about my low resting heart rate, which is a condition that is called bradycardia, and that is where the heart beats so slowly that not enough blood is pumped out of the heart. It is somewhat common among individuals who exercise a lot where the heart muscles have become very strengthened. After the surgery though, many hospital staff members kept emphasizing that I was in an extreme good physical condition for anyone of any age and that will certainly help speed my recovery process. It is during times like this that I am so thankful that I have invested many hundreds of hours over this past decade focusing on becoming and staying physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. The remainder of the day was filled with planning, visiting, sharing, and resting. All five of our grandchildren throughout the process were extremely concerned about how we would be able to handle their recovery process and were making plans on how to assist. There was a particular concern since we live in the big house, which is large and old. Our bedroom, bath, and offices are all upstairs. We had several discussions with him and came to the conclusion that it would be best for me to be upstairs and only navigate the stairs if it is really needed. This was least disruptive to our daily lives, especially since Paula's mom lives in half of the downstairs with her own private bathroom being the only one bathroom downstairs. We are so thankful for our children, their concern, and their willingness to assist in any manner possible. I was able to get up and sit in a chair for a little while that afternoon, and while in bed I was also sitting up a good amount of the time. After everyone else had left for the day except for Paula, I was trying to get comfortable, and then I had a spell where I started sweating. I then felt as if I would get sick to my stomach or faint as the vision started closing in from the sides. When it did not pass within a few seconds, I immediately lowered my head on my bed and elevated my feet. I told Paula that she should summon the nurse on duty. During this process, I felt for my pulse in my wrist and realized that it was extremely weak and very difficult to detect. In a matter of about 30 seconds after lowering my head though, I started to regain normal feeling and my pulse started to beating stronger and regular. The nurse made it to the room shortly after that and I explained my symptoms. They connected me up to the monitor and by that time my vital signs indeed had returned to normal. In somewhat of a passing comment, the nurse shared that they had also lost my heartbeat during surgery and had to give me a shot of epinephrine to make sure that it was stabilized. That's exactly the remedy that should have been done in my case. The surgeon did stop by the following day to check up on me and also shared that my heart rate had dropped during surgery but that it had rebounded very quickly. Well, I believe that covers most of the details on my day of surgery. I will share in the next couple of Wisdom Nugget episodes my recovery, which continues to be a remarkable saga. So the lesson learned the hard way for today is, life is but a vapor. We need to cherish every moment with those that we love. As Jesus's half-brother James wrote in his letter, James chapter 4 verse 14, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It is here a little while and then it's gone. Well, that's a wrap for today's Wisdom Unplugged. Join us for the next couple Tuesday and Thursday episodes, More Life Lessons Learned the Hard Way, as I share some of my recovery stories. And just as you enjoy these nuggets of wisdom, please encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past daily treks or read the associated wisdom journal, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor. But most importantly, I am your friend. As I serve you through the Wisdom Trek Podcast and Journal each day. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly. Love unconditionally. Listen intentionally. Learn continuously. Let to others generously. Lead with integrity. And then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow for Wisdom Wednesday.